I should dust you because I'm just way more athletic and faster than you. But you're not. But you got those long legs. Yeah. And so you just like make up ground. I think that this defense is going to be really good. You got questions for me? What do you got? Yeah, I don't got any questions for you because no one cares what you have to say. Um, (laughs) Wow. Welcome into the lounge. We're in the thick of training camp here, Garrett, and there's a lot to talk about just in terms of what we see on the field. So we're we're delaying our interview for another, it could be a few days, it could be a week. We're not really sure. Yeah. Big time interview coming. Big we, we can time. Tell, we can tell the people who it is. All right, fine. You know, yeah, you know, normally we like to be, we like to kind of hedge, hedge our bets. <laughs> well, it's a teaser. It's a teaser without really teasing anything, just something. It's just teasing. That the vague teaser. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have head coach John Harbaugh uh, join the podcast, and the plan is also for his father, Jack Harbaugh, to join the podcast as well. The two of them, uh, that is going to happen soon. Uh, Jack is going to be in town for a few days uh, leading up to the Hall of Fame game next week. And uh, so it's going to be uh, a Harbaugh podcast. Well, this will be the first time we've had John Harbaugh on the podcast. It'll also be the first time we had Jack Harbaugh yeah, on the podcast. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we've been a double we've, feature. We've been getting requests for a long time to get John on the podcast. And so, you know, obviously there was, there was a full Man of the Crowd podcast that dove into his whole family and his, his life and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, we're going to talk about some of that stuff. And obviously with this ad here, that'll be part of it. But we're going to talk about this team. Uh, we've got some fun questions that we're going to ask him. So it's not going to be the whole Harbaugh family story. Yeah. Uh, it'll be different than Man of the Crowd. And, and we would have we had the interview with John Harbaugh had the stadium practice not been canceled. Yeah. So that didn't just affect you fans out there who are planning on going to the stadium. We were pretty bummed about it, too. Yeah. That's when we were going to do in the, the interview. So it's postponed for right now. We'll blame it on the weather. The weather. The, it's like a rainout, man. You know, it's a rainout. It, it's, it's a rainout. You know, if you're a baseball team and it rains, you know, for a solid week, guess what? You don't play. That's where we are right now. It's been raining all week, so uh, it's on hold. But we will have it soon. Yes. Anyway, with that said, let's get to our emails. I uh, got a good one here from Braden Cromar. Thank you, Braden, for submitting this. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Says it looks like Jimmy Smith has recovered a lot faster than most people thought he would. How likely is it that Jimmy will be able to pick up pick up where he left off last season as one of the league's top corners? Also, should we expect to see Marlon start opposite Jimmy if he's ready week one ahead of Brandon Carr? With a healthy Jimmy Smith, do you think the secondary can be the best in the league this year? A lot of questions. This is a three-parter. Okay. <laughs> says, good, good, keep up the good work. Can't wait to hear from uh, some studs like Hayden Hurst in upcoming episodes. I think we, I think we can get Hayden on here. Yeah, I think that's we, definitely gonna happen. Yeah, Hayden Hurst is definitely gonna do the podcast at some point for sure. You know, we want to take it easy on the rookies right now. The first week of training camp, we, we don't want to bombard them. We don't want to bombard them. Exactly. So we already had Lamar on. Yeah. So we got one first round pick. Yep. Anyway, to answer the question, I think that uh, that Jimmy Smith can play at at a high level. I think asking him to be exactly the same guy pre Achilles tear is asking a lot. With that said, let's not forget that he was playing at a Pro Bowl level with what with a lot of Achilles pain. Yeah, I mean, he said it felt like every morning you woke up, it felt like it was going to pop. With that amount of stiffness and pressure in the back of his, like behind his ankle, basically, uh, he still was playing at an extremely high level. So maybe it, I think it still could take a little bit of time to knock off the rust. Now, luckily, you know he's getting all of training camp to do that. Um, but, you know, Steve Smith, uh, Terrell Suggs, Benjamin Watson, all these guys, 
they will say, yeah, it took a little bit of time even playing games and whatnot to feel like I did before the injury happened. But they all still played at a high level. Yeah. They all came back and played at a high level, and I don't expect anything different from Jimmy Smith, especially from him, because he's a freak of nature physically. Yeah. Well, also, you know, when you compare him to Steve Smith and Benjamin Watson, Jimmy's much younger than those guys were when they Definitely. had the injury. So they're kind of at the tail end. Jimmy's smack dab in the middle yep. of his career. Suggs was even older than Jimmy. Well, for a second one, his first one... It was 2011, so it was after his Defense Player of the Year season, right before the Super yeah, Bowl year. Yeah, so it was eight years in. Yeah, so that's right, so around, right around Jimmy. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, but I think it's worth noting with Jimmy, and you, you said it, like the fact that he's on the field right now, he's already so far ahead of schedule yeah. that you got to feel good about it. I, I mean... Yeah, I was, Terrell Suggs came back after five months yeah. and went straight in the game action. I know. There wasn't a warm-up. I mean, that was insane. Yeah. And then won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. Um, so, hey. That's good sign. That's it. Maybe Achilles ruptures are <laughs> the best thing that can happen for us. A good sign. Um, it, not the other part of the question here, uh, should we expect to see Marlon start opposite Jimmy if Jimmy's on the field week one? This is a really interesting question. Um, I think that Marlon probably will. Mm-hmm. I probably would stake my flag on that camp that Marlon will be in the starting lineup ahead of Brandon Carr. But, you know, I, I don't – it's easy to, to forget about reliability and how durable Brandon Carr has been and that he's never missed a start in his career. Has I think he had, he, what, like four picks last year? Yeah, like yeah. he was good last Pretty year. Solid. You know, he did he struggle covering Antonio Brown? Yeah, well, guess what? Every other team in the league covered struggled yeah. to cover Antonio Brown. Like, I, I don't think that – I think Brandon Carr sometimes gets ragged on unfairly. I uh, agree with that. Not just here, but nationally because of the Odell Beckham play and stuff like that. So yeah. um, I think Brandon Carr is a good player. Yeah. Ravens' secondary should be really good this year. Um, but I do think that Marlon is Marlon is in position to potentially be the team's best cornerback. And, I, yeah. and I'm saying that he could be better than Jimmy this year. Wow. Yeah, I, I agree. I think talent level is all there yeah. for him. Now, he's not as big and strong quite as, as Jimmy is. He's not... Built as freakishly as Jimmy is, but he's faster than Jimmy. Um, he's pre-injuries. Yeah. Injuries. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that's far off. I, I think it's probably going to play out where the Ravens have three starters and they kind of rotate. I don't think it's going to be like you don't have to give Jimmy Smith every single defensive snap. Yeah. You don't have to give Marlon every single defensive snap. Now, I think those two guys will probably have the lion's share of the snaps, but I think Brandon Carr will be used uh, frequently to, to get relieve those guys a little bit. Yeah, I, I do think that Jimmy probably at the start of the season, I mean, this is what he was doing last year before he got hurt. You know, he instead of playing 80 snaps a game, yeah. maybe, especially early in the year, maybe it's 45. Maybe it's and You 50. get a big lead, it's yanking. Shut her down. Shut her down. <laughs> uh, heck, I'm doing that whether he has an injury right now or not, just yeah. considering his track record. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that all those guys would get a lot of snaps. But, you know, for Brandon Carr... He's never not started a game. Yeah, so he's prideful about if, that. Yeah. yeah, if that doesn't happen, I think it's still it's a big deal. He wants it. Yeah. Um, and lastly, uh, do you think how many more parts of this question have we got? There's three. Okay. This is the third. All okay. right. You count. It's like my son. I'm teaching him how to count. <laughs> all right. You point to each thing and you say one. We've been answering two, this question for a half hour. Three. Hey, we got all the time in the world, baby. Where's <laughs> the fire? <laughs> all right. Um, with a healthy Jimmy Smith, do you think the secondary can be the best in the league this year? Well, that was late for work. That was late for work today. Yeah, that was late for work today. So, um, so you're just going to say relay for work? Is what yeah, relay for work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that this secondary, you've got two veteran safeties that are among the highest paid players at that position. You've got uh, two first-round picks 
and and Jimmy Smith talk, and Marlon Humphrey. Speaking of safeties, talk about guys who were playing through injuries like Jimmy last year. Eric Eric Weddle playing through a separated shoulder all year and still what third in the league in picks with yeah. six. It's yeah, should have should have had the last one had one robbed from him in that Bengals game. By the way, that well, that, I think it was Marlon, wasn't it? Yeah, but that, that was a bogus call. That was a bogus call. You're still fired up about that call. People forget about that, but you're still fired. I'm up. I'm still fired about that call because I was watching that just right two in front guys of me. tripped in front over each other. Yeah, it was just a terrible call. Would have sent us to the playoffs and would have given him another pick to. The, the, the league lead would have given us a playoff bonus all right we need to look ahead we need to look ahead <laughs> um, but yeah sure I, I mean could they be the best team but best cornerback in the league or best secondary in the league yeah i, I think that they're going to be right there i think it'd be tough to pass up jacksonville i think the rams yeah. are going to be a really good secondary yeah um so you know i don't know if they'll be the best but i think they're going to be one of that that top five conversation yeah and i think Tavon young is another piece of that Huge. his return Coming back in that slot position, that that is a very important position on defense. I think it's I think that's a big deal. So anyway, uh, one any hour later, of, any more parts of the question? One hour later, we're done answering Braden's question. <laughs> uh, what do you, what do you got in terms of just breaking down what you've seen uh, on the training camp field? You got questions for me? What do you got? Yeah, I don't got any questions for you because no one cares well, what you have to say. Uh, <laughs> but, wow. Well, that's it for me today. <laughs> no, but let's talk about some guys that are standing out um, because I, you know that's something that we always get asked: who's looking good, who's standing. Yeah out what are you seeing out there in practice we have the luxury of being out there and watching all of practice so um, I'll, I'll start with guys I think on the offensive side of the ball that have stood out to me let's go to receiver you know I figured we would get there uh, I think Tim White uh, I think Tim White sure looks like somebody who's going to be on this 53-man roster still <laughs> a lot of football left uh, but you know everyone looks at him okay he could do it in the return game and he can I think he was going to be on the team last year before he got hurt but I think that he's also shown that he can make an impact on offense, too. He's catching a lot of passes. He's got great speed, good agility. So I really, really like Tim White. And the other guy, I mean, I like Chris Moore, too. Like, he's somebody that has impressed me. Um, so those are the guys that, like, are kind of under the radar. What have you thought of the top three, Crab, Sneed, and John Brown? I think they've been really good. I think Crabtree, uh, you know, once he – those guys obviously were taken out of 11-on-11 drills or – chunks of it yeah they're not they haven't been doing as much as like a tim white that's chris moore right, right. Yeah, and that's and, and, seen as much right and that's part of the reason why some of these guys you know like a tim white or janarian uh, are standing Grant, out right? they're standing out because the other guys aren't playing as much so you're like oh okay you yeah know? but that's that's good for those players you get a chance to earn your stripes yeah but i think crabtree showing that he has a little bit of a red zone connection with joe flacco is really important i mean you're talking about a guy who's just Crabtree's stats in terms of receptions and receiving yards were down last year, but his touchdowns were still right up there. I think he had nine last year. Mm -hmm. um, so the Ravens need a better red zone threat. They've been missing that guy who is reliable down there for a few years. Really, you know, Torrey Smith got it done mm -hmm. in terms of in the end zone. So did Pitta too before he got hurt. Yeah, true. So they, they've been missing that guy in recent years. I think that uh, you know Crabtree crab could be huge there. One throw that really stands out to me was when Joe threw that quick kind of throw to the sidelines to the to the pylon basically, and Joe didn't make a great throw on it. He threw it too far inside. Yeah. Whereas you know it should have been kind of right on the boundary, and Crabtree had to adjust to it and make the catch. And he kind of just plucked it right in front of Anthony Averett's face. Yeah. And then just did the big windmill kind of spike thing. You know. Yeah. I mean it was a good play by Crabtree. Like you see in that situation. This guy is just going to make the play down there. Yeah. No matter what it takes, doesn't have to be a great throw. He can he can make Flacco look better. Um, so I like I like what I've seen from him. You know, I haven't noticed a lot of John Brown. Mm -hmm. He just hasn't made any big plays. I mean, that's what the guy does. Yeah. He, 
not that he's missed the opportunities. I just haven't even noticed him get many bombs yeah. thrown his way. Um, and Willie Sneed, he's playing well, catching a lot of balls, you know, long, outside, inside, all that stuff. I think that he's going to catch a lot of balls this year. So how many, if you're uh, making your pick now of how many receivers are on this team, are you saying six? Are you saying seven? I'm going to say six. You're going to say six. So, that, so that's just, I mean, that's going to be your top three, Crab, Sneed, and Brown. Mm-hmm. Then that's Chris Moore. We both mm-hmm. agree there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you got five and six. I'm going to say lastly. Lastly, okay. I'm going to say uh, Jaleel Scott comes up with a hammy injury in week four uh-huh. of the preseason. Uh-huh. Um, that, uh, you know, gets him a red shirt year. Yeah. And then I, I think that Tim White is going to be my sixth guy. Mm-hmm. Janarian Grant. Has a chance to to take that spot uh, if Tim White doesn't, you know, if he doesn't grab it. I think Tim White's in the driver's seat right now, but yeah. Grant is pushing. Grant's pushing. And um, I think Brashad Perryman is somebody the Ravens could be open to trading. Yeah. I mean, I think that if, if there's somebody that comes knocking, you know, th- this is interesting. It's the first time he's ever had a full training camp, um, you know, in terms of how he looks. I think he's been okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are times. Well, if, if if any other teams are out there listening, you know, and you're interested, I think he's looked really, really good. <laughs> he's looked amazing. He's looked amazing. Better than he's ever he's looked. He's been unreal. I mean, he's probably going to be our number one wide yeah, receiver. Yeah. But <laughs> we would be willing to maybe, I don't know, if the price is right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that, like, you want to see what he can do in certainly preseason games. and um, But I think it's good to give him a chance in training camp, see what he can do if someone calls. Yeah. I, I do think that, that there could be a market for him. I mean, he's a former first-round pick I, with a I, ton of talent. You've, you've seen a lot of guys who haven't panned out who have gotten second chances elsewhere, and some of them have succeeded. You yeah. know, I mean, like, there are many examples of late-blooming wide receivers. Nelson Aguilar was uh-huh. one that we were pointing to last year. Now, he remained with the Eagles um, who drafted him, but... Uh, there are a lot of guys, Edelman. I mean, tons of dudes that have Wes Welker, ton, tons yeah. of guys, and who just didn't pan out. They bounced around a little bit, and then they just caught fire. And Brashad, the talent, like you said, is there. The speed is there. Nothing's changed that. And and I th- I think it still could work out in Baltimore. He's got to earn it. He's got to make some plays here and and really do it in practice. And we have a long way to go. And and preseason games, he's got to do it. But um, if he doesn't, I think that a change of scenery might not be the worst thing in the world for him. You know what's going to be interesting is if he's going to earn his spot on this team, he's going to need to be playing special teams. And he's playing special teams for the first time in his career. You know, he's never really had to do that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see him out there as a gunner um, yep. and out there making tackles, you know, or trying to get in position to make tackles. You're yep. like, whoa, is that Brashad Perryman? He's never been in that spot <laughs> yeah. before. Um, part of the reason is that he was a first-round pick and all that, but also well, the, the biggest history. reason is that he wasn't even on the field. Well, yeah. and when he was, you didn't want to risk his health on special teams. I mean, for a guy, he's like a he's like a racehorse or a Ferrari. You yeah. know, you don't like want to freaking break your Ferrari on a Sunday. Too. You don't take your Ferrari to the grocery store. There you go. <laughs> there you Thank go. you. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the quarterbacks. Let's stay yeah. on the offensive theme. I think Flacco's looked good, yeah. um, and you know I wrote about this, um, and Marty Martingway talked about it. Uh, his mobility is is noticeably different when you compare it to the past two seasons. Is it just because he's been asked to be more mobile or because you think he actually moves better? I think that he moves better in the pocket um, and he is being asked to to move more. So mm-hmm. obviously his mobility compared to last year, I mean, he was stiff 
when he oh, came yeah, back yeah. last year. Oh, yeah, he was very sick. The year before, he wasn't. I still remember seeing Joe. I don't. I think it was in the week leading up to the Bengals game or something like this, and, like, his shoe's untied, and he's, like, the tin man. Just, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, boy, this guy's got to start a football game in a few I know. days. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, do you want me to get that for you? You want me to tie him up for you? I'll I do know, it. I know. I know. <sighs> yeah. So yeah. he's moving better than that. Yes, he's um, better than Tim. And the year before, he was coming back from the knee, and he wasn't 100%, you know, coming mm. back from the knee. Like, he was healthy in the sense that he wasn't worried about re-tearing it right then, but he wasn't 100%. Yeah, he was wearing the knee brace and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's he's moving better, and the Ravens want him to move more, and I think that's going to be part of this offense. That is absolutely – they've talked about the RPO stuff. Um, I, there was one play, like, in particular, where he's just taken off and, and run, and I, you haven't seen a ton of that. Uh, in practice, and mm-hmm. I think that I've seen more of that this summer than I have in past years, and that's going to add a new element to the offense. I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, He's I, not going to carry the ball twenty times a game, or even even six times a game. No, but you, Joe Flacco will come up. He'll sneak up on you with his ability to run. Uh, you know, like that dude is not slow. No, people think he's slow just because he's so tall and all that. Yeah. But he's like, he's like you. Right, <laughs> like I should dust you because I'm just way more athletic and faster than you. But you're not. But more. you got those long legs, yeah. And so you just like make up ground. Now I still beat you in races. No. But I'm just saying you make it a lot closer than it should be. Me and Joe Flacco, just natural athletes. We pick up like seven yards a pop. You know, just <laughs> long strides, like Michael Jordan running running through the like, long. <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan jump from the foul oh. line, jump from the foul line. That's yeah. me and Joe. You're comparing yourself to Michael Jordan. Yeah. You're like, who's that basketball guy that says he can beat Jordan? That uh, basketball Lamar bag? Ball? Yeah, you're Lamar Ball. <laughs> yeah. Me and Michael Jordan, man. We're two feet in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I do think there's going to be more running. Um, and how often do you think we're going to see Lamar Jackson on the field? I think that we could see him a decent amount. You know, I, I, I've previously said, ah, it's going to be a handful of times. You're talking two to five times. I think it could be more than that. Yeah. I think it could be like two to ten to a dozen to, you know, I, I think it could be a little bit more than that. I think it could be very game plan, game plan specific. Yeah, and it depends on how it, how it works how it in works. games out here, how it works in practice out here, how it works within the game when you first call it. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I, I do agree with the sentiment out there that it's not so much a gimmick anymore. It is just a... Different piece of the Ravens' offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also I've also heard the sentiment which I disagree with, which is why are the Ravens basically using him in this gimmick package? They should be focused on developing him as a quarterback. You can do both at the same time. Exactly. Why it's does it have hard. to be one or the other? I it's mean, really he's not he's, hard. he's taking ninety percent of his snaps in action is as a is a quarterback, just like Joe is, just like. Robert yes. Griffin III, just like Josh Woodrum. And then for 10% of what he's doing, he's doing creative stuff. And he's not. He has. Th- that, that comment's coming from the same people that want to see him be the week one starter. Yeah. Look, giving him a redshirt year to develop a quarterback is the best thing for him probably right now to be a starting quarterback. Right. So if, if during that one year that he has to develop as a quarterback, he's also getting some reps at this other, doing this other stuff, he's, he still has plenty of time. Oh. Way more time than if he was the week one starter. Exactly, and like you want to find a way to get your best players on the field, and like he has shown throughout his college career that he is one of the most dynamic electric players in the mm-hmm. entire country. So like yeah. to think that you just don't want to use him, 
you know, like I, I actually, one of the things that has me most excited about this year is I feel like we're seeing so much creativity on offense. Mm-hmm. And that is like something I think to be commended. I think James Urban, the quarterback's coach, has brought a lot of that. I yep. really like him. You know, the Ravens were really high on him when they, when they hired him from Cincinnati. Um, I, I like his mindset and all of that. Um, they're being creative, and like that's what you want. You know, I think that sometimes the NFL gets ragged on for being a league that isn't really willing to take chances, and it's mm-hmm. always the same, same old coaches, same old systems, same old stuff. Right. And like the Ravens aren't doing that right now. They're being a little bit unconventional, edgy. thinking outside the box, edgy, um, and like that is going to make them more exciting. And that to me and is tough to defend. Yeah, let's be that's honest. what you like, want every time. Like. Like the the example, Johnny Manziel. Remember when he caught caught that pass down the sidelines mm-hmm. and they threw it to him, and the, you know the fake substitution thing. Like oh now my, that was illegal, but now, it, it, it was creative. Out to be illegal, but it was super creative. Like yeah. every time I see teams do this stuff, I'm like, man, why don't we do that? Why don't we see that more? This is like our boss Michelle. We'll give her a shout out. Michelle <laughs> wants to see every single play be a trick play. Every <laughs> yeah, right? single one. She's like, why not? Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. I think that they might have her office bugged. She might be throwing her weight around here, <laughs> kittens on the football end, saying, "All right, come on, service the thing," <laughs> and it's working. Well, I mean, look at look at teams that have won Super Bowls in recent years, and some key moments of those playoff runs. The Patriots in 2014 against, yeah, exactly. Against us, That's what I was right? going to get to. Patriots 2014 against us. Yep. Those trick plays that made the difference in the game. That was a difference. The Ravens were up two scores at the time, and you've got you don't Edelman. Need to throw, me. Yeah, you've got Edelman throwing passes, and I have and my that, clubs ready for <laughs> Phoenix, baby. And then last year, you've got the Philly special. Yep. So like, teams are being creative and running different stuff, and and I'm really excited to see how it works. Now, I do think you've got to be. Joe Flacco has said this multiple times on the podium now. He's like, we got to be kind of careful with it because right now, to me, it's kind of a red flag. Like, if Lamar comes into the game, it's sort of like... It's always going to be that, though. That's it, not going to change. No, it's not, but if, if but every it, single play is, is some sort of way to get him the ball, like, if he touches the ball every single time he comes into the game... Well, you can't do that. Well, obviously. exactly. I think that's kind of what Joe's point is. And there is some trickery that goes along with that, but... There, it's there's going to be a balance there because you don't want to just completely give away what you're doing. If 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 the point of it is creativity and an element of surprise and a difficulty to defend, then it can't be the same process every single time that this guy comes onto the field. It's kind of like the wildcat. Exactly. The wildcat eventually got figured out and shut down. Yeah, because right. you knew you were running the ball right up. You know, you were running the ball in a certain way. Right. Yeah. So I agree with you, but yeah. I, I think they'll be judicious about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you think? You know, the defense is starting to get a little buzz. And I talked to Wink Martindale today while we were both getting some bacon cheddar soup. Yeah. How many bowls did you have? How I many have, How many servings of mac and cheese did you have? I had a, one fairly large serving of <laughs> yeah. mac and cheese. Heaping. I had, it was chicken finger day. Yeah. I was very excited about that. Mm-hmm. I, like, I love honey mustard dip. <laughs> I had maybe 10 chicken fingers. Oh, my. And half a bowl of, <laughs> of soup. <laughs> Plus the large heaping scoop of mac and cheese. And a side salad. Oh, nice. It's nice out. So you got to keep it healthy. Yeah, bounce. Yeah, bounce. Um, so as I was getting soup with Wink Martindale, <laughs> he was like, you know, because I wrote a story about why the Ravens veterans are excited about this year's defense. He was like, all right, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Let's uh-huh. not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not pump them up too much. Get excited. We got to go out there, get some shutouts first. Yeah. You know? I like that I was, attitude. Yeah. And I was like, what are, are you superstitious or something, Wink? He was like, no, nah, I'm not superstitious. But if we pitch a shutout, I'll be wearing the same damn outfit the next day. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I I think that this defense, sorry to wink, is going to be really good. Um, I, I think that last year they had all the pieces, uh, and this year they have even more. 
you know, there's more depth. Some of the young draft picks from last year, they had the, the top four picks were all on the defensive side of the ball. Those guys are a year older, a year better. I think Marlon Humphrey, no doubt, is better than he was last year. I think Tyus Bowser, second-round pick, better than he was last year as a rookie. Chris Wormley, same thing, Tim Williams. So I, I think that these guys, these younger guys have progressed. Hopefully guys can stay healthy. We said Tavon Young's return is mm-hmm. huge. I think that that will make a big difference. So, you know, and not to, to put the credit, you know, to shine too much light on Wink because I know he would rather it be shined on his players. But I think that what he's done in collaboration with the veterans, they all worked on this kind of together to reshuffle this de- this defense. It's the same scheme. It's At its core, it's the same thing. But I think giving... Guys like Eric Weddle, Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, more freedom mm-hmm. uh, to change things up and make plays on the fly, I think will make this defense more unpredictable. I think just I think the defense is going to be better. I think it probably should have been better than it was last year. Uh, they finished twelfth overall. Yeah, but they led the league in in turnovers. You can't forget that. That's no, no, pretty no. big. And now some of that, like you know, can they do that again? Sure, they can, or you come back to earth a little bit, you know, the the law of averages. You can't really – you can't count on turnovers, Yeah. right? I mean, to a certain degree, if you're move, flying around the field and you have guys who are playmakers, yes, but you can't. There's, There's an element of luck that's always involved. Totally, you have, you have totally. plays where the ball bounces, you know, 50 yards in the air, like that web pick last year. Remember that ball yeah. deflects yeah. the line of scrimmage. Right. It goes sky Everybody's high. Ooh, ooh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so there's an element of luck that does come along with um, turnovers. But I think that the defense, you know, we all know what the problem with the defense was last year. You know, it was the ability to hold up late in games. That's, well, and I think the run defense wasn't as good as it should have been. Yeah, Brand that's Williams true. Williams being injured was a big factor. And I think that the pass rush was lacking at times, but especially I, interior pass But rush. more than anything, if I'm, it's, it was the, the breakdowns late in games. For sure. And so... Oh, I mean, that costs... That costs... That, that costs the season. Yeah. So... That's what needs to be improved, and I think that there are things that will make a difference. Tavon, Jimmy, improved pass rush, new defense coordinator system kind of change within that. Well, I think even if you just look at the 4th and 12th play, I think yeah. the Ravens, there's the general feeling is they were a little too rigid there and guys weren't put in the right position. Yeah. And Eric Weddle wasn't really freed up to, to adjust to what the Bengals were doing on the fly and make a play. Yeah, so... I I feel like the defense is going to be better, and I'm excited to see what the group does. And I've got I think they've got some kind of like we're sort of in an era where you can sort of see like the new crop sort of yeah. coming into their own, coming of age. CJ's already come of age, yeah. Um, but Matt Judon is right there. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Humphrey could take that next step. Tony Jefferson is somebody that like signed that big contract, mm-hmm. and um, he expects to have a much better season this year. So yeah. like you have some guys that could take that leap. Here's my thing. Uh, you know, just to not go totally homer on this on the defense is the two things that I pointed to is as issues last year: run defense and interior pass rush. The Ravens didn't add anybody to to make those things better, uh-huh. right? Brandon Williams, when he was out, that had a big effect. So if he can stay healthy, then they should be better on run defense. And guys like Michael Pierce can you know step his uh-huh. take his game to another level or whatnot. But guys get injured. That, that can happen. Yeah, that's so going to happen. Can the Ravens defend the run better if they have injuries? Is Carl Davis ready to step up and play better against the run? All those things, you know. Um, we'll see. I think interior pass rush, you're looking at Willie Henry. A lot of people are excited about him. I think he has looked pretty good in, so far at training camp. But, you know, the defense, 
for the most part, stayed the same, but you're expecting it to take all of those guys to take their games to a higher level in order to elevate it. So that's largely on them. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a TV day. Yeah, for sure. So um, first game is eight days away from the time that we're recording this, and it's, it's hard to believe, but it's going to be a fun preseason. So um, that'll do it for us today. But like we mentioned off the top, big guest coming up in the next podcast, the exact date, that it's going to be released, still up in the air a little bit. You know, a little negotiations. <laughs> a few negotiations taking place uh, behind the scenes. But again, it's going to be head coach John Harbaugh, uh, his dad Jack, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun on that podcast. Yeah, for sure. Really can't wait. We have, we have the questions ready. They're ready to be fired away. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be great stuff. So uh, we'll keep posted on that. That's it for us today. But as always, email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Thanks for listening, everyone. Wait, wait. We didn't break down special teams. We'll do that next time. We'll, right, say, we'll, say, we'll save that for Jack Harbaugh. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have Jack Harbaugh break down. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Talk to you guys next week.